0: hello there you're listening to the watson's daily podcast with me peter watson on monday the 1st of august today i am joined by duncan balkan who is a watson's daily ambassador hi there duncan how are you today hi there peter i'm very well thank you how are you um, very good, very good. Um, apparently, there was a football match on last night, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't I think... know because I, I'm not quite sure because they don't seem to be mentioning it on the uh, on the on the media very much.
1: Did you, <laughs> no, did you hear can't... anything? I think is and Skinner are loving life right now, though, because I, um, I must have heard three lines about 50 times today. I'm loving it, <laughs> but it's been on every radio station today. It's absolutely
0: fantastic. It is good. It is good. Yeah, it is good. Anyway, anyway. Um, right. So um, without us, you know, going into extra time, hey. um, <laughs> let me, um, let's, uh, let's talk about today. So in terms of, um, uh, you know, Watson's Daily, what story stood out for you the most today?
1: Yeah, so there's a story um, from The Times today that caught my eye. Uh, it's caught my eye because it's something we've, we've talked about quite a bit over the last few months. The old mm-hmm. the odd story here and there, the odd, the odd comment, and we've, a thing we've talked about on the podcast once, um, mm-hmm. actually us two. And the story is about lawyers' pay. Yeah. Um, so uh, in previous months, we've talked about the fact that it's going up and newly qualified salaries are at an all-time high and everyone mm-hmm. seems to be competing for talent by paying mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this story's kind of coming down from a slightly different angle. Uh, in the sense that it's talking about the fact the lawyers' pay is soaring, but is mm. that set to basically all go wrong at some point soon? Uh-huh. Um, so it's talking about like how long can these good times last? Um, yeah. And the, the kind of concerns from within, kind of the legal industry, that yep. we're in kind of a pay bubble at the moment and it could be about to burst. Mm. Um, mm. Particularly as kind of your um, amount of advisory work that's been doing on thing on things like M and A. Uh, I got it right that time I sometimes manage I just say that all is one word it sounds really weird so uh, uh, mergers and acquisitions <laughs> work uh, advisory work is losing momentum mm. um, and in general kind of some just areas of work that kind of peaked post-Covid when like, lots of company takeovers were happening lots of new companies trying to get to market and all that sort of thing a lot of that advisory work is drying up mm. as, they, as they kind of go back to normal and obviously if work's drying up but you've just started you've just massively increased your wage bill mm it, it can, could be a bit of a risk for law firms. So there is that concern, mm. obviously, that these good times have been happening, causing, uh, according to the Times, like 20 to 30 years of escalating pay to the point that our partners apparently on average are being paid over £2 million a year each mm. Um, mm. Across, across city firms. Mm. Um, there is kind of a concern amongst most energy, that's all about to go horribly wrong, like I said. Um, the thing I find interesting about this is, well, if, if that does go wrong and either... Everyone has to take pay cut, which obviously people won't want to do. Um, the alternative, I guess, is large-scale redundancies. Mm. And I uh, think the really interesting thing is, well, where do those redundancies fall? Because you'd imagine that newly qualified lawyers who putting it, do most of the legwork mm. probably aren't that easy to get rid of, although the usual rule is last in, first out, isn't it? So you'd imagine some of those might go. Mm. You'd imagine the top-level the top management are quite difficult to get rid of because you know, mm. they run the firm. So mm. I'm just saying, is somewhere in that middle ground, like your senior associate, managing associate, junior mm. partner sort of level, mm. if, if that's the sort of area where actually the risk is, should this should this car bubble burst and, and redundancies mm. become the only option? So mm. yeah, I, I saw so it's really interesting kind of to see someone else come down a different, a slightly different angle on this rather than the oh, isn't it great? City firms are paying more for talent and mm. unified qualified lawyers are getting paid. I'm going to be honest. What in my head is still mind-boggling amounts of money for a, yeah. uh, someone in their mid-20s in their first mm. job, um, mm. and it's really interesting to see kind the other side of this story. So yeah, that's, that was what I found interesting. What's, what's, your, take on, what's your take on this? Your take on
0: the story? Yeah, I mean, I think this is interesting for me because. Um... I mean I, so for those who don't know so I I did a, a law degree um many 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 years ago um and I was actually going to go down the um you know the the law route in terms of in terms of career um but fate took a hand and uh, I I um fell into um stockbroking and and here I am you know years later but anyway um I've also obviously I've also been a, a headhunter myself um in investment banking and Even given that I have a a background in investment banking and headhunting, I still find the fact that junior lawyers can get £180,000 as a salary, not salary, you know, like as a total package, as salary is mind-blowing. I mean, it is a huge amount of money. And I've, you know, I I know, um, you know, pay rates of... Um, uh, you know people at, at, at you know European American investment banks and you know these kinds of things these are not newly qualified um, you know if you're an investment bank these are not newly qualified rates at all mm-hmm. um, and the way that they do it in in investment banks is you have maybe a lower base but then you have a higher bonus now some of the you know bonuses are uh, upside is restricted in some cases to a mere 100% of basic <laughs> um and i mean that, oh, i don't know how people live um but um uh, you know but they have a higher percentage of, of their remuneration comes in the form of of a bonus and i think that although that itself in itself is frustrating for the person involved um, actually it is good for the company um i mean i remember uh, in one interview that i went to and i was i, I can't say too much about this but <laughs> i did think it was amusing but um is uh, the, the question came oh well look we'll pay you this um but uh you know wouldn't you like more of it to be bonus and less of it to be and uh, you know less of it to be salary and my answer to that question was well if i want to get a uh a mortgage um the 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 bank's not going to say how much is your you know is is your salary and basic they're going to ask me what my basic is yeah. so i said i'd like a higher basic please <laughs> and and you know fortunately they they did that but my point is is that Although for the individual, the base, a higher basic is much better because you know that's what you're going to get. Um, from a company point of view, it is better to have less salary, more bonus, because that way, if things go wrong, you can just say to everyone, sorry, everyone, this has been a bad year, um, you're all getting a donut. And for those of you who don't know that expression, a donut is not, ne- in this case, a sugary uh, confection. Um, it is a zero, as in your bonus is zero, the shape of a donut, hence donut. Um, so if you've been if you hear people say that they've been given a donut, don't necessarily go and buy them a coffee. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, my point is, is that um, I think that unless law firms decide to change to having a lower salary and a bigger bonus, I think that a lot of people are going to be very vulnerable in the event of a downturn. and I mean it seems to me a, a lot of the um, uh, data and stuff seems to suggest um, that especially m A uh, merger and acquisition it, you know, in the UK at least um, is is down on what it has been. Mm. and if if the volume of m A is is not there, then the advisory fees are not there. And then who suffers, that will be, you know, some of them will be the lawyers, yeah. uh, you know, and, and investment bankers and things like that. So, yes, as you quite rightly said, who then, um, I, this sounds really harsh, but who then gets the bullets, mm. right? Because you've got the people that bring, you've got the people that are bringing in the, um, the business, um, at, you know, at the more senior end. And then you've got the people that are, are probably working, as you say, doing all the legwork um at the more junior end of the business now it's very difficult because i would have thought at the top at, right at the top end they're probably okay because they are part of the decision making process and generally if you are in that position clearly you're not going to talk yourself out of a job or it's very unlikely
1: you, you'd hope not you'd have to be <clears> quite <throat> long in a meeting to talk yourself out of a job or yes. that yes exactly
0: um but then, again, you could say that, you know, the more the people that are most vulnerable are the ones just under that cusp of are they going to make it to be a senior partner? Yeah. Um, You could sort of say, well, we could get rid of them. And actually, they may be taken on by someone else because of who they can bring in. Um, But, you know, again, are they are they more vulnerable because they are more expensive? But then yeah. they bring in business, whereas... What about the, the junior end who that you've got lots of, you know, 180 grand people um, knocking around and there's not enough business. There's not enough business to have the legwork, to need people to, you know, to have that capacity. Yeah. And they're kind of, you could say that they are potentially easier to, to um, cut. So it's a very difficult, very difficult situation, I would say. So, if I was in this position as a, as a junior myself, which I'm not, and, you know, obviously way, you're way over the hill for that sort of thing, but I would feel quite nervous, actually, in that position, um, because I'd be thinking, well, you know, I might get this now. What, what happens, what's going to happen in a year or two time? Cost of living, crisis hitting, economic nightmares all around the world, no M&A to speak of, um, and not enough work to go round, therefore... I don't get so much. So it's difficult. And, you know, even, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of in a way kind of arguing my, with myself here in the sense that, you know, you could say, well, okay, what about these senior people who are on the cusp of partnership? Um, you know, I, I, if I draw parallels to my own um, experience in, in investment banking, you know, when I started, I was talking to all, I was advising all the junior fund managers or the assistant fund managers. And then, you know, as time went on, they, they either got promoted or they moved job to become fund managers and then I was talking to them and then they got more senior and you know more and more senior and then they became more of the you know the the, the big trigger pullers um, and I would imagine the same happens in in law um, and that actually although from a theoretical point of view um, you, you sort of say well you know um, so-and-so is quite expensive you know they're not quite partner yet but they do bring in this this business is, is quite useful there's always a danger if you cut someone like that that the client will walk off with them or if they're not allowed to do that they'll go off to another law firm and they'll say well i might as well deal with someone else because it, whoever i'm going to deal with is going to be new. it's not going to be bob for the sake yeah. of argument
1: clients like having their point person don't they they like yeah. knowing who they're going to so you have to yeah look if someone's in that position i guess yeah. makes them safer yeah as it makes their job safer sorry yeah
0: so it is very difficult so um i i like i say it feels to me like there is a bit of a bubble here um and that you know i don't think i personally don't think this can last i hope i'm wrong um, uh, you know, for lawyer's sake, because I know that a lot of people who listen to this are in in the legal profession. Um, but I would just say, you know, if you are receiving a massive salary, then I would be thinking, you know, making sure uh, uh, that you are protecting yourself, should I say? But anyway, but yeah. there we go. So, so
1: yeah, that, that's what I found interesting. Like I say, because of the different angle. So, to, to... Mm-hmm. what was your favourite story in this morning's last minute, David? Well. Well, funny you should say that. Um,
0: uh, But we're talking about another, potentially another kind of bubble. Now, I found this fascinating, right? This is a story from the Daily Telegraph. And it was about the fact that um, first-time buyers appear to be leaving London. Now, there's some um, uh, research that was published by the estate agent Hamptons. And according to this research, um, the number of um, Londoners who are leaving london in order to buy a property 20 uh, so th- for the first half of this year 28 percent of them buying outside london were first-time buyers now you know okay the, the, this has been the main drivers of this have been more flexibility on working conditions and specifically working from home but also the fact that london prices are just really expensive now I mean, I'm of the opinion that if you if you've got a pretty decent job and let's say that you're living with your partner and they've got a they've got a decent job as well. If you feel uh, and I felt like this when I was uh, in my in my 20s, it was like um, if I can't get a place, if I can't afford, let's say we're looking here at things in London. We're looking at anything from studio to say, I would say, two bed flats. I, I think that's the sweet spot of the first time buyer in london um, i you know if if I can't afford that with a decent salary and a partner who's on a decent salary, um then I think that things that I think things are wrong with the market yeah, you know i mean I don't think it's too much to be to ask to you know uh, get get a flat that you can live in and you won't get shot on your, on your way home for instance. I mean, I think that's that's a fairly, you know, uh, only only um, asking for small things, you know. I uh, don't have like lofty expectations, but I do think that it is very, it just feels wrong, you know, and I think that yeah. um, affordability, so affordability ratio, so that is the amount um, of, of disposable income to the house price. Affordability has just been get, getting a nightmare, i.e. the price relative to what disposable income you have is is going exponentially in the favor of you know the house prices are going up um and so this is driving people outside and i feel this is i think this to me feels like top of the market stuff um and and i do think actually you know in that position i i i mean I, i you know this is only my own experience i suppose but um i really feel that when you're at the beginning of your career you really do need to be close to where you work because there are you need to have the flexibility you will have to put in the extra hours you will have be called on to go in and all that kind of stuff and i think that if you don't do that at the beginning i think you'll you may feel not this is not everyone but i think you may feel like you missed out because Mm. um i i think that um at that point um, in your in your career, um, you know you wanna you wanna hang out with with other people at work. You you know you may work longer hours and things like that. You want to be there, whereas you can't if you. I mean, I so for instance, I live in Guildford, right, which is um, which is a you know classic commuter belt country, um, and it's it's only thirty three minutes on the fast train to London Waterloo. Now you could say that's actually quite close. It's not actually that close really, but I mean, it's, you know, in terms of commuting time, it's not that, not that bad, but it makes a tremendous difference if you're say working late or you are out with clients or your colleagues or something, because you have to get the last train. I mean,
1: the last thing you want there is if you're entertaining clients have to go, Oh, sorry, got to go, not quite signed the deal yet, but actually, (laughs) yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, you really need to sort of be there. So, so I think anyway, I think that um, I i mean, again, this is just just an opinion, of course. But I think if you're early on in your career, you're looking to buy somewhere um, and you can't buy somewhere now and you've got decent income. Um, I would say you're better off not buying. You know, I, I would think about it. Obviously, look, I'm not an expert. It's just opinion. It's not professional advice. But I'm thinking that, you know, it'd be better to to, to just stand back. Rather than commit yourself, go to the burbs and then think, oh, God, I w-, and, and then get trapped by mm. the price going down and then thinking, oh, I wish I could. I wish I'd stayed. Yeah. Uh, and then you and, but then you can't get out of it then. So, you know, so anyway, I mean, I, I know I mean, I don't normally talk that much about real estate, but I, I have to mm. say that um, I feel that in this case, um, I think that it feels like a bubble to me. That's what I say. Yeah.
1: I, I would agree. And I like said, I think I would agree for the, the reason you picked up earlier. I think that lack of balance, because I mean, you expect things to be more expensive in London. I get that. That's why mm. people get paid more in London.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, it's like this is so now out of balance. Mm. It's unbelievable. And it's, you should be, I would agree, you should be able to afford to live in the city or town or whatever that you work in. Mm. If you can't, then something between the property price and the salary is wrong. Yeah. And, that, that, that balance is what makes it really concerning. I mean, I would agree. I think it's a bubble, really deep.
0: Yeah, so there we go. Anyway... Um, I think we might as well end it there on that cheery note. Um, <laughs> um, so two bubbles, um, two bubbles there. Um, anyway, so thank you very much indeed for your time, as always. Um, and um, thank you for the listeners for listening. Just in case you wondered, um, the, the so there haven't been a, the weekly podcasts um, a lot, uh, this weekend and the one before. The one before was because I had the temerity, Um, to have a long weekend away, Um, so I wasn't able to do it, and then this weekend, Ralph, um, I think it's an ACL, I I think it was an ACL, he had an operation, and he's, um, he is, uh, he's recovering from that, he's doing well, so actually, we are going to be back to normal again this um, Saturday, or this weekend, so should be okay, Um, you know, please send, uh, Ralph, your your positive vibe, your po- most positive vibes, mm-hmm. um, and the the other thing as well is I'm doing a uh, roundup of July. What happened in July? I'm going to be doing that this Wednesday, so please have a look on our socials. Get the you know, and 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 uh, try and go to that because so much has happened, um, and I think that it's really it's very good to hear because. I feel when I write the weekly, for instance, I think, "My God, did that really happen last? <laughs> did that really happen at the beginning of the week?" Because there's so much, I've read so much, and the same kind of thing always has happens. It's even worse with the with the with the monthly, because I'm thinking, "Wow, that happened this month." Um, so it's a really good idea to for you to, if you want to improve your knowledge and all that kind of stuff, is to constantly like look back, look back, and then you know understand the chronology of events because that really helps you then to yeah. put in your knowledge on that framework and then you'll just you just get better and better
1: hmm. so there uh, you go exactly i'd agree anyway
0: <laughs> so good stuff thank you very much indeed Perfect. thank you for, thank you for the listeners for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow thank you very much oh, bye